Greetings, brothers and sisters. It's always a blessing when we are able to um, be in God's presence, to hear his word, to discuss his word, to see what God is showing us and to hear what God is saying to us. It's always a wonderful uh, and beautiful thing. The Lord put something on my heart and I wanted to make sure I um, made this available to you. Um, turn your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 18, and I want you to look at the first uh, five verses. We are, in actuality, only really going to deal with the A portion of the first verse, but the rest are for context purposes. The Word of God uh, tells us uh, in the book of Luke chapter 18, verses one through five, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Amen. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. The First verse says, and he spake a parable unto this end, or he spake a parable unto them to this end, amen. And what I want to talk to you about is uh, really from the topic of starting at the end, starting at the end. In this text, we have a very interesting situation, a very interesting scenario that occurs, um, but uh, is not one that is um, rare, uh, meaning that it doesn't actually occur in scripture. It does, um, but it's not all over the place, um, but it is represented. We have an interesting scenario here in that in this particular text, uh, the point of the lesson we actually see God giving prior to the actual lesson itself. Take a look at that. Verse number one says, and he spake a parable, this is talking about Jesus, unto them, and the scripture says, to this end, okay? Uh, meaning, this is the point. This is what I want you to know, or this is what I'm getting at. The scripture then says, that men ought always to pray and not faint. Now, this particular lesson is not so much about um, the, um, the content of the parable, okay? So we're not necessarily talking um, about um, specifically um, praying uh, without fainting, although that is important and we probably will um, touch on that, but it's really that a portion and he spake a parable unto them to this end meaning that God actually gave, literally gave us the point or the disciples the point of the parable before giving us the parable itself. Amen. And when you look at that, that's exactly what you see. You see God giving the very conclusion of the thing. Okay, God giving the end of a thing before he even gets into the, uh, before you even, even gets into the beginning of it. So before it even starts, God is already giving the end. Hence, we're talking about starting at the end. Okay, this is not the first time that God has done this, that God starts um, a, uh, gives the point of a lesson that he's going to uh, provide to his people at the very beginning. So before the lesson even starts, you can find God giving you the point. And there are different instances in scripture. Now we see it here in Luke 
18 and 1. But we also see it again uh, in this same scripture set. We see it a little bit further down when we look at the Luke chapter 18 and we get to verse uh, number nine. Now, in Luke 18 and one, we're dealing with the parable of the unjust judge. It's what it's known by uh, when many people refer to it, the parable of the unjust judge. But when you get to Luke chapter 18 and you look at verse nine, so just a few verses down uh, below where we are, there is another parable. And in that same and in that same parable, the uh, the same thing um um, again, uh, happens again. In fact, the Lord says, and he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. In other words, right then and there, he's telling you from the very beginning who he's targeting. Now that's the parable of the Pharisee and the and the publican. So this would be the the, the Pharisee who thought and felt that he was um, better than everybody else, and 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 he was glad that he wasn't didn't have the same problems as everyone else. Yet you have this publican who who realized that he was what he's a sinner. Realized he had a he had a problem, and and realized that there wasn't really um, anything noteworthy about himself. And he goes and he declares, "Son, you know, thou son of David, have mercy." on me and and the lord goes on to talk about you know which one of them came away justified or righteous and which one of them remained in their sin but the point is is that in verse 9 he gives the point of what he's going after so before he gets down into the lesson before you get the details of the parable the details of the story god gives you god gives us the conclusion or the point telling us where he's going from the very start okay and there are other instances in throughout scripture where the lord does this okay and these scriptures are non-parabolic in this particular set of scripture these are uh, parabolic or uh, um, examples so these are uh, examples that are parables of jesus but there are also examples throughout the scripture where god is speaking and declares a thing, lets you know from the out start the way that this thing is going to go. And it's not a parable at all. Amen. And that's something that I want you to know that this is something, this is not the first time, again, that God has done this. Okay. We see it in the scripture. Now, the other point that I want to make is, is that God at times will disclose, okay, his objective for what he's about to do before he does it. That is very important. That is very important. God at times will disclose his objective for what he's about to do before he does it. God oftentimes, or from time to time, if you will, God will let you know ahead of time what he wants you to come away with or where or what he's or the point he's driving home he will do that from time to time now this is important because god does not do this all the time all right god does not always give you all the details god doesn't always break down his objective from the very start okay so we don't want to uh, use this to build an erroneous doctrine, one that claims that God always does that. That's not true. God does not always do this. There are instances where he does this. There are times when God does this, and it is and it is absolutely a result of divine prerogative, meaning that it is God's choice, okay, when he does that. It, it, was, it is a matter, it has nothing to do with uh, man earning it has nothing to do with man um, uh, being um, entitled to it or anything like that. God does not. God's not on the hook to tell you everything. He's not on the hook to tell me everything from the very beginning. God doesn't have to do that. And that's very important. So although we see this is not the first time God has done it. And although we see this in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, okay, it is not meant to build a doctrine that says God always does this. No, he does not. There are plenty of times where God does not do this. And you need to understand, and you need to understand um, something about that, 
okay? Why God does not do that. Isaiah 28, 21 gives us a hint. Bible says this, and the Lord shall rise up as a mountain as, as in Mount um, Perizim. He shall be wroth as in the valley of Gibeon that he may do his work, <clears throat> his strange work and bring to pass his act, his strange act, man. The Isaiah 28 and 21 literally tells us that the work and the acts of God are strange at times to us. Thus, they don't always make sense to us when God does a thing, all right? <clears throat> it does God does it doesn't it doesn't always make sense to us okay it doesn't always jive with us it doesn't always add up doesn't always compute to us and I love that scripture in Isaiah 21 because he tells us plain and simple that the work of God amen is 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 is, is considered strange to us I love that scripture because that scripture really talks about something that is really, really worth noting and really worth um, understanding. When he uses that word, he says that strange work um, and he says um, the strange act, the word work and act basically both tie out or um, break down to mean work. So he uses work uh, uh, first and then he uses a word an act, A-C-T, he uses the word act. And when you define that word and get that, break that word down, that word also means work. So it's almost as if God was saying, God was saying um, work twice in this, that he was talking about uh, the same thing twice, but actually those two different words for work. So we have the word work and it has its definition, amen. And then we have the word act, which also means work. And really what the difference is, is that when he uses work the first time, that, that he may do his work, his strange work, that particular work has to do with the actual deeds or the actual uh, work, okay, the handiwork, so to speak, all right, the thing that he actually does. But when he uses the word act, which also breaks down to the word work as well, that's a different flavor of the word work. And what that actually kind of ties out to is the administration or the trade mission or the, the business journey. So in other words, what that actually means <clears throat> is the, the reason behind the work, okay? Or the purpose of the work, that's what that means. So the first one is the actual work, all right? And the second one really deals with the reason behind the work or the goal of God. And what Isaiah was telling you was, is that the things that God does sometimes are strange and why he does it is strange. In essence, you know, that word strange means it doesn't work. It doesn't mean it doesn't make sense. It's, 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 it's not really recognizable to us. We don't, we don't necessarily have a point of reference uh, for it. And so Isaiah tells us that the word, that, that his work is strange, meaning his deeds, the, the actions of God don't always make sense. And then he says the act is strange, meaning the, 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 the reason behind why God does he, what he does, the method, why is God doing it this way? He says, not even that, it makes sense to us at times. And so this is important for us to know. Because God does not at all at times always disclose to us from the very beginning where he's going with it. And God doesn't always give you that. And, 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 and because of that, there is an element of the moving of God, of the working of God that at times, brothers and sisters, will not make sense to you. That's not, you're not imagining that it doesn't make sense. No, it literally does not make sense to you at time. God does not have to do that. And you have to understand something else. There is also a reason for all of this. What's that reason? Because the trying of your faith, brothers and sisters, is still more precious than gold. See, you have to understand if God told you everything, gave you all the details of every single thing, what need would there be for faith? If he, if he just gave it all to you, no, this Bible teaches us that we walk by faith family of God and not by sight. There's an element of this walk of this life's journey 
where you are going to walk and it's going to feel like you don't know the heading or the direction. But I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you this evening, wherever or this afternoon, wherever you are, what time of day it is that you are listening to this. You continue to walk on. Doesn't matter whether you understand it or not. Amen. God is in control and he knows exactly what to do. Now, because of this, because we see that God will do this at times, and now we know that he doesn't always do it, but he does do it, okay? God does disclose at times the end from the, uh, from the very beginning, so to speak. Because he does this, although he does not do it all the time, we can consider this a practice of God or one of the ways of God, okay? God has many different ways. And his ways are strange. They don't always make sense to us. But because God does do this, we cannot go around and say he doesn't, okay? He may not do it all the time, but just because he does not do it all the time does not mean that we can say he doesn't do it at all. No, he absolutely does do it. And because it is something that he does from time to time, we must consider this a one of the ways of God, okay? This is one of the methods of God. All right. God actually uses this, the destined and, 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 and this is important. Okay. This is very, this is, uh, this is, this is important because when God does this, it usually means that the destination, when God gives you, amen, when God gives me the destination or the point at the very beginning, before we even get to the end, all right, when God does that, it means that the destination is one that we cannot afford to miss. When God gives you the point of a thing, and you got when God gives you the point of a thing, it is a destination, brothers and sisters, that is one, it is a point that we cannot afford to miss. It means God does not want us to walk away with a different understanding or a different opinion regarding what he said. Amen. 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 When God gives you, gives it to you from the start, when God breaks it down from the very, very beginning, letting you know what's getting ready to happen, it is a place, it is a destination you cannot afford to miss. But it is also, but it is also equally important that you understand that it also means that God does not want you to walk away <clears throat> with an understanding or an opinion that is somehow different regarding what it is that he said. The it's, it's important because it means that the conclusion, brothers and sisters, family of God, the conclusion that I arrive at or the conclusion that you arrive at after hearing the word of God, after hearing what he has to say, that conclusion must be consistent and in line with what he said. In essence, God is removing the, 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 God is removing the, the, the human error, so to speak. He's, he's removing your ability uh, and my ability to come away with something different. The truth is, we got to understand this. We got to understand this. The truth that God is putting across to us. There is a truth when God does this, that God does not want you and I to labor for. But rather, he is simply wanting you and I to receive it. See, when God gives it to you from the very start, God don't want you to, God don't want you to put in no work to mess it up. No, 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 no. God doesn't want you to mess it up. God doesn't want me to mess it up. So God ensures that you put something in place to ensure that you and I can't mess it up. So what he does is, is that he tells you from the very beginning what it means. He tells you from the very start what he's getting ready to do. He tells you from the very beginning where he's getting ready to go with this. Why? Because it is important that you don't come away, that I don't come away with something that is different than what God wants. You look at Isaiah, okay? And um, um, we, we, you look at Isaiah chapter uh, 46 and you look at verse number 10. Look at what the Bible says, declaring the end from the beginning. This is talking about God. 
declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasures. Amen. Glory to God. Do you hear that scripture? Let me read it again. Declaring the end from the beginning. I told you God does this from time to time. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Didn't I tell you it was divine prerogative? It's up to God. God, the one who chooses to do that. You saw, did you hear that in the scripture? And I will do all my pleasure. Did you hear what he said before that? My counsel shall stand. That means that's God's will. That means that's God's way. That means that's God's preference. That means that's what God wants. And he's telling you that's what's going to stand. Amen. That is what's going to be at the end of the thing. And why is it going to do it? Because it's his pleasure. Amen. He says, and I will do all my pleasure. What does God say? God said, my counsel, my will, my way, what I'm talking about, that's what's going to be the end result. And I'm going to do it because I want to, because it makes me happy, because that's what I desire. Now, what you don't see is you don't see a counsel here. There's no, there, uh, there's no, there's, there's no counsel. There's, there, there, there's not a, there's not a pantheon of gods. There's not a, there's not a, there's not a group of other deities, so to speak. That, that God is consulting with, there is only one God. Deuteronomy 6 and 4, here is Israel, the Lord thy God. What is it? He's one Lord. That's what that scripture tells you. God is God all by himself. And he says, telling us that he's going to declare, that he declares the end from the beginning, from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. What is he talking about? Prophecy. Prophecy. He's telling you, I'm telling you some things. I, it's my prerogative to prophesy. It's my prerogative to declare something that hasn't even happened yet, to tell you how this thing is going to end, to tell you how it's going to wind up, to help, to tell you how I'm going to wrap things up. And I'm going to do it. Why? Because what I said is going to stand and I'm going to do it because I want to, because I want to, not because somebody told me to, not because I counseled with somebody, brothers and sisters, God don't have no tutors. God don't have no counselors. Amen. 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 God don't have to run anything by us. And God will not run things by us. God is God all by himself. I want to remind somebody who's listening to this that God is sovereign. I'm going to tell you that God is still in control. And you know what? He is in absolute control. See, God don't have no contenders. God don't have somebody else that got to weigh in on the thing. No, it don't work that way. I'm telling you that God can make an executive decision. Do you need God to do something? Do you need God to speak on your behalf? Do you need God to minister, to say something? Let me tell you something. God don't have to wait on somebody else in order to talk to you. If you are open and willing to hear what God has to say, God will give you a word all by himself. Glory to God. I hope that means something to you. I hope that is blessing you. I know it's blessing me. It's getting good in here because the God that we serve is absolute. I'm telling you, the devil ain't got nothing on him. Unclean spirits ain't got nothing on him. This world ain't got nothing on him. God is God all by himself. We got to stop selling him short, acting like God can't do anything. Brothers and sisters, the Bible tells us God can do all things but fail. There's not one thing that God cannot do. Nevertheless, God at times, if we continue, we'll start at the end with some of his lessons. God at times gives us the final destination before he gives us the journey. Sometimes he gives us the conclusion before he gives us the story. Let's read that Isaiah 46, 10 again, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. I love it. I love it. Saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasures. I love it. I, I'm sorry. I, I know I want to move on and I will, but, but I just, I have to, I just, I, I, I can't let this scripture go. He said, my counsel shall stand. My counsel shall stand. Somebody who's listening to this, you, 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 you've been reading the word and you heard what God had to say, but you ran ground you ran into a, one of life situations that kind of threw you off balance and, and now you're wondering if is God going 
to answer. Did he change his mind? Is it, is it going to be something different? I'm, I'm here to remind you. He said, my counsel shall stand. I'm telling you, God ain't changing nothing. God is going to be the way he said it is. And if God has given you a promise, brothers and sisters, I would encourage you to hold on and to, to stand fast because his counsel shall stand. What, what, did, what did God tell you? I know you have gone to the doctor and the doctor may have not given you the best report or diagnosis. And now you're wondering what's going on. I, and, I, and I can identify with that. I'm dealing with the same thing going to doctors and they're not telling me at times what is what, what, what I want to hear. But I hear something, a still small voice in the back of my mind. And it's like a splinter in my mind at times. And it's so quiet, but yet it's so loud, reminding me of the same thing that he said here in Isaiah 46 and 10 in the B portion. My counsel shall stand. I'm telling you what God, I know what doctors say at times, but I want to remind you and I want to encourage you to be steadfast and unmovable in God. And when you feel like you can't make it or you're wondering if you will make it, I want to tell you, God didn't bring you this far to leave you. Amen. Amen. That don't mean God's going to do everything that you want him to do. God's going to do everything after his counsel, meaning that it's going to be according to his will. But I'm trying to tell you that if God has told you something, you got to hold on to it. See, if you don't keep the porch light on for God, who else is? Who else is going to hold it down for God if you decide to walk out? The word of God is still true. Who have believed the report of the Lord? Who, who believes what he said? If you don't believe for yourself, if you don't trust God for yourself, there's nobody that can trust God for you. Listen, there's no substituting your faith. You got to put it in, brothers and sisters. You got to put it in. You got to put it in. You got to put it in. And you got to know that your trust is well-placed. You got to know that there is a God standing in eternity who is looking and who is watching, who is concerned, and who is there by your side even when everyone else forsakes you. I'm telling you, God is right there. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to make it. I'm going to tell you right now you're going to make it because he said his counsel shall stand. He said, and I will do all my pleasures. And if God has said he's going to do something for you, I need you to know today that it is because it is in his pleasure to do so. And what God has pleasure in and if it has pleasure in doing, that's exactly what he's going to do. That is exactly, brothers and sisters, what God is going to do. Wait on him. Wait on him. Don't leave. Don't run. Don't run. Don't run. God didn't call you to back up. He called you to stand firm. You Sometimes you got to lock in. You got to lock in. You got to lock in. I remember times growing up and my mom um, would say, and times when I was, when I had those moments, amen, for, for parents that that get you going when you don't really want to go and or for loved ones or just someone that God puts in your path. Doesn't have to be a family member or whatever, but she would say, you got to lock in. You got to lock your legs like a mule like you ain't going nowhere no matter how hard it gets no matter how dark it gets you got to say sometimes i'm not going nowhere because my god stands with me i'm not backing up i'm not taking a loss on this i am not giving up ground on this i am going to make it and i need you to know that i'm trying to speak some faith into somebody because you are on the verge of walking out and leaving god and abandoning where god has brought you and it'd be a shame for you to lose it all but you need to understand right now god has given you everything you need to stand brother giving you everything to need, need you need to stand my sister stand i love it the book of ephesians chapter 6 tells us having done all to stand stand therefore having done all to stand, stand, therefore. Scripture goes into talking about the whole armor of God. And I want you to understand, listen, do what God tells you to do and you will be able to stand. Nevertheless, God, at times, he does start at the, he, he starts at the end with some of his lessons. So before he even gets into the lesson, he starts at the end. And when God gives us the point of his lesson at the very start, Brothers and sisters, it's important. It is important. Oh, yes, it is. 
when God takes the time to give you the point of the lesson from the very beginning, before he even give you the lesson, it means you got to stop. You got to stop. It's in your best interest to stop and to pay attention. Amen. Amen. It is in your best interest to stop and to pay attention. God will give you the end at times from the very beginning. God will do that at times. If you look at and why, and, and, and I'm glad that he does. And if you're not quite sure whether or not you're glad that he does, let me see if I can give you something to encourage you. Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse eight says this better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Let me read that again, Ecclesiastes 7 and 8. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Patient, he's talking about the humble. And obviously, when that proud is that arrogant person, said so that's all better. But did you did you did you hear that a portion, that first portion? Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. I'm glad that God starts sometimes at the end. I'm glad that sometimes God begins at the very end giving you and I the conclusion of the matter, giving us the point of the story. In other words, he gives you the best part before everything else. And I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love that God will do that. God will give you the best part. You see, scripture, brothers and sisters, on occasion has been called the revealed will of God for and to the human family. And there are some things that you need to understand. So the word of God is the revealed will of God. It is in the word of God that we see what God has and what God wants for us. We are born lost, amen. Amen. David said, uh, behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. We're born lost. We are born disconnected from God because of the, the, our, the, the fall of our greatest grandfather and grandmother, Adam and Eve, sin entered the human family. And, and when it did that, it caused all of the offspring after them to be born lost. In other words, we're born dead. Amen. This is why we must be born again. Amen. Amen. Marvel not. Do you hear Jesus say? Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. You got to be born of the water and of the spirit. That means that you've got to be baptized. That's full immersion. That's not no sprinkling. That's not some dipping and no, 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 no. That's getting all the way under there, all the way under there. You got to be baptized in the water. Amen. You got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. That does not include his titles. That's not Father, Son, Holy Ghost and all that other kind of stuff. No, no. To make sure you understand that, all you have to do is read the book of Acts and look up every instance of baptism and you will find it for yourself. No one who's ever baptized in, in, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. No, that's not in there. They're baptized either in the name of Jesus or in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's it. Amen. You got to be baptized in that name. There's no other name given among men whereby what? We must be saved. This is what the scripture teaches us, okay? So we got to be born again, and then he's got to fill you with the Holy Ghost, amen. Baptism has two sides. There is the water side, and then there is the spirit side. That Holy Ghost is a gift. You can't strong arm it. No, 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 no. 
You got to tarry for it. You got to wait. How do you wait? With great expectation. Praying and praising and worshiping and all of these different things. Amen. Amen. But that is a gift that God has for you. And you got to, and before you make it, you got to get it. You got to get it. You got to get it. Amen. Amen. And when you get it, you don't wonder about that. God gives you proof of receipt. You will speak with other tongues. Look at the book of Acts. You'll see it all in there. Start at chapter two, verse 38. You actually can start at verse 36. Matter of fact, you can read the whole chapter and just keep right and just, just keep right on reading. You'll see it there and you keep going on. Don't do something different. Don't come up with something different. Don't let, don't, 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 don't get super theological. Don't get philosophical. Don't, don't start relying on, on what you was able to piece together and puzzle together through your theological academia. Uh, that don't mean nothing. That's trash before God. You got to do it the way the Bible says do it. God has asked nobody to reinvent the wheel. There are some things that God tell you from the start. That's one of them. He tell you exactly what he wants. Baptism and salvation is not open for interpretation. It's not up for debate. You're not supposed to be able to get that wrong. You're supposed to get that right. He and he lays it out what you're supposed to do. Amen. So we are born lost. Amen. We're born disconnected, but God has put in a mechanism through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So the catch to that whole thing is, is that we got to, we have, we, we, we've got, we, we, we have a way out, but we've got to do it just the way God has laid it out. Amen. And that might seem daunting at first or impossible, but we can do what God calls us to do because God gives us the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's why we have the Holy Ghost. So we can do these, 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 these great feats and things that come after. And in this part, I'm talking about after you have been saved. Amen. Amen. After you have been saved, there are things that we want to do. And the tasks seem impossible, but God gives us the Holy Ghost in order to accomplish those tasks. But first, you got to get the Holy Ghost. And for, in order for that to happen, <laughs> Going right back to what Jesus said. Marvel not that I said, you must be born again. Now, when it comes to knowing God, because I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. When it comes to knowing God, amen. Not all knowledge is gained by way of experience. Not all knowledge must be learned by experience, okay? what we're talking about here is why God at times will give you the point or the conclusion at the very start instead of at the end okay because when he's doing something when he does that that I told you it means we got to stop and we got to pay attention because God doesn't want us to miss what he's getting ready to do amen see when it comes to knowing God the word of God is what he has given us in order to know him. That's why I told you the Bible is referred to as the revealed will of God for and to the human family. Okay. Amen. We're born lost. So we don't know the word of God. We don't know that. But, but, but then we read the word and we find out what God has to say for us. We have the word preached to us. And so we find out what God wants us to do. And then we follow and are obedient to that and we get what connected to god we are born again i'm alive now amen i got a heartbeat and i'm in and i am in connection with god almighty amen now when it comes to knowing god not all knowledge though is gained by experience and see that initial knowledge of god you didn't get that by experience you got that by the preached word or the declared word. Pay attention to this. You received that word, not by experience. The knowledge of what you needed to do in order to be saved is contained, is written in the Bible. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to go, you don't have to do nothing. Salvation is free. It's a free gift. And the knowledge of that, of salvation is free. It's freely given. 
You don't have to put in work for it. You don't have to go do build a monument. You don't have to build no stat. You know, you don't have to do any of those things. It's right there for you, brothers and sisters. It is right there for you. Experience is not required. See, experience can yield a type of knowledge as it concerns God. We do gain knowledge about God from experience. We, th this is true. And as it concerns the knowledge of God, but when it, as it concerns the knowledge of God, although we can gain knowledge about God through experience, you and I need to understand something. Experience is not God's preferred method to teach you. That's not it. It's not, that's not, that's not his preferred method or that's not his, that's not his, that's not his, usually his initial method. It's not his primary me method. It's intended, experience is intended to be supplemental. Okay. In other words, it adds additional knowledge of God. There are things that you learn about God as you walk with God. Going through life's journey, you learn some things about God and you gain those things from experience. But those things are companion to the initial knowledge that you gain of God that you receive from the preached word or from the communicated word of God. This is the message of God that you follow whereby God saves you. Amen. And that's not knowledge that you gain by experience or working for. That's knowledge that is given to you. Amen. 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 And as you obey God's word, obedience yields even more experience. We, as we obey God's word, we gain experience and knowledge of God. In the realm of experience, we get to experience what the result of obedience to God <clears throat> is like. Amen. Amen. We get to see what that is. The point of this is, is this. Experience. God gives you some knowledge from the very beginning so that you don't have to go through all of the circles and all the ups and all the downs and everything else in order to get some things, in order to understand some things. Let me make it plain. The word of God contains everything that you need in order to make it home everything that you need to make it to heaven. And in the word of God, brothers and sisters, is information that will help you and I circumvent and sidestep the many pitfalls of life. The Bible tells you and declares to you many times from the very beginning, the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. You already know that the end result of sin is death. In other words, you already know how that story ends. The Listen, you know the end story of adultery. You know the, the end story of fornication. You know the end story of lying. You know the end story of greed. You know, all, you know the end story. The Bible tells it to you. So in other words, alleviating us from the need to actually have to walk through that and find out that guess what? Yeah, there's a problem with, uh, with adultery. There's a problem with fornication. There's a problem with lying. There's a problem with this. Brothers and sisters, do you really need to put your hand in the fire in order to know that fire is hot? God at times declares that from the very beginning, the end. Because he does not want you to miss the point. He doesn't want you to get it twisted. He doesn't want you to come away and walk away with something different other than the point that he's trying to give you. And the Bible, the, which is the word of God, his communicated will to the human family is there for the purpose 
of leading you and guiding you into truth and into righteousness. The purpose of the word of God is to keep you on the path so that you don't have to unnecessarily go through things that God has never intended for you to go through. Amen. Amen. God does not want you to ice skate uphill. Going downhill is easier than going uphill. Coasting at times is easier than pedaling. So what does God do? There are some things where God gives you the end from the very beginning. Tells you where it's headed. Tells you where it's going. Tells you how it ends. Tells you at times. Oh, I love it this morning. I love it this morning. Don't you hear Luke 8 and 32, the Lord reminding us, reminding you, let us pass over to the other side. The disciples, they're embarking on a ship and they're heading across the sea. And they didn't know they were going to meet a storm on the way. They didn't know that trouble was going to, was, 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 was just a little ways away. They didn't know that just around the corner that the winds were going to become turbulent. They didn't know that the waves were going to become unsettled. They didn't know that the boat was going to begin to be filled with water. And last time I checked when a boat is filled with water, it sinks. And the Bible plainly tells us that that's exactly what happened. They didn't know starting out when they were on the dock, when they were making sure they had everything that they needed and that the boat was ready to go. They didn't know what they were going to meet on that sea, yet they had a word before they got there that said, let us pass over to the other side. Do you hear the word of God? Do you hear God telling you, let us pass over to the other side? Let us pass over to the other side. Let us pass over to the other side. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but you got God's word telling you, let us pass over to the other side, declaring that end from the beginning. When he said, let us pass over to the other side, that was the God of the universe talking and reminding his children that you're going to make it. We got a destination. We're headed to the other side. That one declaration was meant to override all of the fear, all of the worry, all of the concern that was going to show up suddenly. Notice, it wasn't to prevent it. No, no, no. But it was to deal with it when it came up. See, life will hit you unexpectedly and you don't know which way you're going. You don't know how that thing is going to go and it'll knock you for a loop. And you'll find yourself punch drunk in a way and not really coherent, not knowing how to think and how to feel. And then worry and fear begins to creep in, starts to seize your heart. But here come that ray of sunshine cracking through the cloud canopy, radiating on you reminding you and me that God said, let us pass over to the other side. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let us pass over to the other side. Let us make our journey to the other side. We're going to get there. You are going to get there. God declares at times the end from the beginning. Do you hear Joshua chapter four? After the children of Israel had used the ark to walk across the Jordan. Yet again, God parts the seeds. God brings them across on dry land. And I love Joshua chapter four because then it is the story of the memorial stones. See, the priests had to walk out to the water, had to walk out into the Jordan. And, and when they walked out into the Jordan carrying the ark, the waters of the Jordan receded. A lot of people think that it's just with Moses, that was the only time when God parted the sea and allowed the children of Israel to walk across the Jordan. That wasn't the only time. God did it before. 
because he's a sea, he's an ocean parting God. I hope you hear it this morning, this evening, or this afternoon. He's an ocean parting God. That no matter how deep the waters seem and no matter how daunting it looks, he's a God that can part the seas, that can give you dry land where it seems like you can't go. Allow your feet to traverse something that normally by the laws of nature you can't get over. Do you hear him? Do you hear Jesus bidding Peter to come out of the boat and to walk on to the water? See, not only can he part the seas, but he can give you power to walk on top of them. That means it don't matter what the seas and the oceans of life bring you. God got more power than it all. Joshua and the, 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 the Ark of the Covenant, the priests walk out there and the waters recede. And he tells them, take a stone, every man from the tribe, from his tribe, I want you to grab one of these stones. From where the, and I want you to take them from the place where the feet of the priest stood firm. Don't get them from anywhere. He said, I want you to get those stones from where the priests that obeyed my will, that walked out on that water, that didn't, that didn't stop but went right on with that ark because I said move forward. And the waters receded in their obedience. He said, I want you to get the stone from where their feet stood still. And he said, and I want you to take those stones and I want you to set them up. These were the memorial stones. And if you read Joshua chapter four, you're going to read where he said the day's coming where your children, your offspring, they're going to come to you and they're going to see these stones because see, they wasn't born yet when you walked through this. Your offspring wasn't here when God brought you through some of the most incredible journeys of your life through some of the most difficult and turbulent waters, your children and some onlookers and people in your circle, they were not there when God delivered you. And they're going to see this stone, which is a tribute, a marker, a memorial for what God had done. And they're going to ask these children, I ask you, what meaneth these stones? And he said, and you're going to remind them about what I did. Are you going to declare to them what I did? What's the purpose of that? Because the days would come where those children themselves would run into all kinds of problems and situations. But they would have a story. They would have something, a declaration from the beginning of their journey of what God could do. And I hope you hear that this morning, this evening, or this afternoon wherever you may be, because God sometimes declares the end from the beginning. Sometimes God starts at the very end because the hope that comes from the story, the conclusion is meant to propel you through a journey that had you not had how the story is. You'd lose your faith and you fade along the way. And after all, Luke 18 and one, the parable, the point is, is that man is to always pray and not faint. God bless you brothers and sisters. Wow.